to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne, and I'm your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. This time, I'm talking to Tristan Todd about his art, the motivations behind it, and the structure of his new business, along with a range of other topics I hope you'll find interesting. Tristan is a landscape photographer based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Over the last few years, photography has become a core part of who he is, transforming the way he sees the world and becoming his deepest passion. Photography has become a vehicle for Tristan to express himself and push outside his comfort zone. After spending some time writing code and exploring virtual worlds, oblivious to the very real and beautiful world around him, through photography, he has learned not only how to see the world, but to experience it as well. Tristan's goal with his images is not to strictly document the environment, but to convey his experiences and feelings. A firm believer in discovering new compositions and exploring lesser-known places, he spends his days trekking into the wilderness and mountain areas near his hometown. We discuss how he decided to quit his job in September 2021 and pursue a full-time career in photography, as well as his passion for creating stunning forest and winter scenes from the beautiful Rockies a short distance from his front door. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, Tristan. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, I've been looking at what you do for some time uh, and, you know, seeing you on Twitter and uh, Instagram and YouTube and a few other places for a little while. Um, why don't you start by telling us, you know, how you got started and, you know, what what really got you passionate about uh, landscape photography? Uh, I mean, I don't really have any crazy story. I, I started out because I was... I was bored and I used to work, uh, I worked in the restaurant industry and I'd, I'd work and get off at like three in the morning. And a lot of times I'd just get home, play video games, and then I'd go out for a walk at sunrise and yep. I'd, uh, and I'd take photos with my phone. And that's what basically sparked my interest. Like not long after that, I had already bought my new camera and, yeah, just got the ball rolling. Yeah, cool. Okay. So how long have you been uh, doing it? Uh, it's been about 10 years now. Time goes by fast, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. And do you um, sort of what, for, for people that don't know your work, how would you describe your style and, uh, you know, the, the, the type of thing you like to do? Um, so I'm most well known for my forest work, uh, rainforests, canyons, trees, um, usually on the darker and moodier side. I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of colorful scenes. Mm -hmm. Like some photographers, they'll have a lot of sunrises and sunsets. Like I honestly, yeah, I'm, I barely... I'm, I'm one of them, but that's okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I barely, <laughs> I barely care about the colors. I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm a golden hour kind of guy, a golden hour in the moody forest. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you'll see. Uh, like so you like, you rain. like foggy days. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fog and rain. <laughs> 
So what what is what is it about it that uh, you know sort of makes you want to go out in those foggy conditions or rainy conditions that you know most people kind of want to sit inside next to a fire or something? You know. Yeah. So I I just find it to be really refreshing. Uh, I don't know. It's there's something something special about being out there and it's pouring rain you just you hear the rain around you you hear it falling on the ferns and the forest floor and there's not many people around because they're all you know they're all staying inside so that's uh that's kind of a nice bonus plus you know all the atmospheric conditions that come with the rain especially up here because the forests are in the mountains so those clouds come down lower and you get the uh, fog. Yep. So where where is he? Uh so I'm I live near Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of my forest photography in the North Shore Mountains, which is in the city of North Vancouver and West Vancouver. Yep. And do you find that is you know, I, I guess obviously because you're shooting around that area, that's that's a big influence on on you. I mean, you've got you know mountains galore and canyons galore and forests <laughs> galore to to choose from. How do you how do you choose where to go and what are you what what are you you know doing when you're you're doing that planning stage? Are you thinking about a particular you know image that you want to capture or are you letting the landscape speak to you and just go and you know take it more in a, in a more random fashion yeah so i'm not a big planner uh i like i look for weather that'll give me the light that i want and that and then i try to go where that light's going to be yep. yeah i just i don't really enjoy planning photos i enjoy the yet like you said the randomness and just kind of getting to know the landscape and just sure. like I, I've been like these places I've been to them so many times um, there's one canyon I've been to like 40 times wow okay so every time I go back uh, I always find something new I find it never gets old uh, just just a great feeling to kind of get to know an area like that and then when the light is going to do something like a while back, we had this crazy fog for days. Mm -hmm. um, I knew exactly what shots I wanted to get already. So I just cut. So I may not plan, but I'll, I'll keep things in mind for when the light's going to be good for that kind of shot. Sure, sure. So are you... Uh... Are you working in photography full time, part time? It's a hobby. Is it a career? How, how do you how do you view your photography? Uh, so it's full time now. I left the restaurant industry in September 2020. Mm -hmm. And probably a good time gonna... to get out of that industry. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually the whole the whole pandemic thing is actually kind of what sparked like my desire to quit and just leave it so I, I got laid off for two months mm -hmm. and i'm like oh wow this is amazing i can i can get paid and focus on my photography <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah september came along and i'm like i'm like you know what i think it's time to just jump in and do this yeah okay was that a hard decision to make 
it's it was somewhat hard. I I'd been mulling it over for probably a year or two, just kind of casually, but uh, I didn't really feel like my photography was at the right point to do that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm quite fortunate. I've got a safety net. Um, I live I live with my parents still because it's just too expensive here. Sure, sure. So I figure I might as well take advantage of that while I can and try to build something up. So are you, how are you, I guess, just looking at the business side of it, how are you structuring that? Are you, uh, you know, making money out of prints, uh, making money out of doing workshops, anything else that you're doing, or are you just sort of concentrating on, you know, things like NFTs or, or, or whatever? It's a little bit of everything, honestly, like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's like uh i don't i i went and counted the different revenue streams at one point and i think it was like eight like seven or eight yep so yeah there's prints um i've started doing workshops uh last summer i was doing just a day workshops like in the canyons and yeah. this summer i'll be doing some multi-day stuff in the mountains uh in the rockies yeah, so NFTs are a nice extra income as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what else is there? A little bit of licensing, not a ton. That's I find not really big for my my work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and tutorials and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Okay. So what what can people uh, expect that you know sign up for a workshop, for example? What 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 sort of things are you uh, talking to them about and showing them? Uh, so I'm really big on not just showing people the shot, but actually teaching them and giving them the skills that they can use to find their own shots. Mm -hmm. I, I know there's workshops out there where it's just like like a very guided tour. That you get. They go to one spot, they show you the shot, and then you go to the next spot. Yep. Uh, with me, it's it's definitely not like that. So more spontaneous and like I said, actually focus on equipping them with the skills that they need to become a stronger photographer. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I guess rainforest photography in particular, you know, it, it has its own set of challenges in terms of, you know, uh, isolating subjects and, you know, adjustment of your composition so that you know elements within that frame are you know balanced etc um I, I guess are these the sorts of things that you you're talking to them about yeah exactly um i like the forest is so chaotic so i kind of i try to teach them how to break that down and to to look yep. at shapes look at lines look at atmosphere and see how you can arrange things to kind of simplify the scene and then kind of reduce the chaos because yeah that's that's like the number one thing that people struggle with in the forest is just like how messy it is mm, mm. yeah the, the, those tangled backgrounds of lots <laughs> of trees can be uh quite confusing to the eye i guess and you know yeah. as, as you say you know sorting out those elements or the elements that you want to incorporate into your into your composition are, uh, you know, there's 
challenges and, and various skills associated with that. Yeah, exactly. And when I'm teaching that, I, I actually I learned this method in the restaurant industry, actually. Okay. I took this, I took this course because um, I was a manager. So we had to take various courses and whatnot. Anyway, this one was called Train the Trainer. Yep. And I, ba I basically learned how to train people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I kind of adopted that approach with my photography workshops. Right. So basically, I split it into three parts. Uh, the first part is where I do most of the work. Yep. Uh, the second part is we're more 50-50. And then at the end, um, they're doing most of the work and I will actually ask them questions and get them to show me sure. and demonstrate what they've learned. And and so far, it's actually worked really well. Um, at the end of each one I've done, people are they're walking out of the workshop, creating their own awesome images with yeah. minimal input from me. Fantastic. I guess what, what's one of the most important things to remember when you're hosting and, and running a workshop? I feel like I don't have the best answer for that just because I'm still quite new to workshops. Mm -hmm. Like I've only done the, the day ones. I haven't even done the multiple day trips yet. So yeah. I don't have, the, I don't think I really have a good answer for that yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fine. How far afield are you traveling to get your shots? Are you, you know, traveling all over uh, British Columbia or all over Canada or internationally, or are you trying to stay fairly local? And, and I don't mean just with the workshops, I mean, your own personal photography. Yeah. So this is actually a great question. I, I love this one. Um, I basically stopped international travel uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. I think can't think maybe I think five years ago or four years ago was the last time I did and just because I I decided to focus on Canada yeah the, the country is so big and so diverse like you could spend a whole lifetime exploring just BC alone and still not see everything absolutely yeah and like I figure if I'm here I might as well take advantage of that there's so much to see that people haven't really seen before mm. and i mean some of it is even just like locally like in in the mountains here the north shore mountains there's there are things that very few people have seen because they just haven't gone looking for them yeah yeah well yeah. most people you know they they'll turn up in the car get out of the car park they might go for a, a few kilometers hike if if you're lucky um take their photos with their iphones get back in the car and go home yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah there's so there's actually um in north vancouver there's there's an old growth forest um but pretty much no one knows about it yep because there's no trails there um you have to take one trail then you have to cross a river and mm -hmm. hike up the river and then go bushwhack up the mountain a bit and yep. uh so yeah it's it was basically untouched in the logging days, but nobody knows about it. So I've, I've been over there a few times with people like Blake Randall and Matt Jackish just to explore. And it's oh, just God. amazing. So when, you, when you're when going into those sorts of environments, what are the things that you're, you know, sort of conscious of in terms of both looking after that environment, but I guess also 
you know, you don't necessarily want to be blazing a trail that then ends up with hordes of uh, Instagrammers turning up to take selfies in uh, in <laughs> red and yellow jackets, do you? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm pretty big on not geotagging. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like the place I was just talking about, I mean, even if I did geotag, <laughs> there wouldn't actually be like a geotag for that place because yeah. it's just not on lists anywhere, basically. So you, so you can just say British Columbia and leave it at that. Yeah, so I'll, what I'll usually do is I'll say the, the nearest city or the provincial park. So yeah. for a lot of my local hikes, it'll either be North Vancouver or just West Vancouver. Right. But yeah, it's definitely a tricky one because, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say I have had an impact on some places. Like I've made them a bit more popular. Yeah. Like the, um, there's one called Cypress Falls Park and... I think I've probably inspired a lot of photographers to get out there from sure. what I can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a an interesting question. Okay. So when when you're going to somewhere like that and you say you're not a, a, a real good planner, how do you plan a, a trip like that? Because obviously if you know about those locations or you're finding those locations, how, how are you finding them? How are you how, how are you, you know, pulling together a, a trip like that? So I actually, I love planning trips. I don't like yeah. planning shots. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the distinction. It, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I really enjoy planning trips. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but <laughs> I'm planning several right now and I, I love it. <laughs> so how, how do you go about it? Uh, sometimes it starts just by zooming around on Google Earth. Okay. <laughs> that's actually, uh, that's how I'm planning a trip next summer. And that, that's how it started. I was zooming around up near the Alaska BC border, uh -huh. found some sweet looking mountains and figured out how to get there. And I've already asked some friends and they're interested. So we're going to make it happen. <laughs> Fair enough. And what, are you, what what about uh, things like safety and so forth? Because, you know, British Columbia, some of those more remote areas, they're going to be, you know, places which are habitats for bears and, uh, and, and mountain lions and so forth. What, what are you doing in terms of safety? You, you, you know, do you go out there with somebody that's got a, got a gun or do you just take your bear spray or, or <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing there? Uh, so I'm pretty big on safety. I'm I'm very risk averse. Like mm -hmm. uh, I I I don't I don't do stupid things for my photos. <laughs> yep. And um, I always tell someone where I'm going, and when I'm going to be back. And I make sure that I text them when I'm back, so yep. that way they know if they don't get a text from me, um, to say call search and rescue. And of course, yeah. I also I carry bear spray. Um, I mean, bears aren't really a big threat here near Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Black bears are quite afraid of people, but sometimes attacks do happen or sometimes they're stubborn and they don't want to get out of the way and like you don't have an exit. Yep. Um, and I also carry an inReach for satellite communication just in case. Sure, sure. And I so don't do 
I don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> I'm qu I'm quite afraid of heights, so that keeps yeah, me in okay. check. <laughs> <laughs> Have there been any uh, hair raising experiences with uh, with animals or anything that you've had? So this is something I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I never seem to run into bears. <laughs> yeah. Never. I I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. Maybe I just make enough noise because. I do. That's one of the things I do. I make sure, like, if I'm hiking around by myself, I make sure I'm like smacking my hiking pole yeah. as I go, just so that way I don't surprise a bear around the corner or whatever. Yeah, like I've been on trails where people come in the other way. They're like, "Oh, we saw a bear uh, just up there," and you know, I don't see anything. I, I'm almost kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I did have did have a hair raising experience uh with a waterfall okay <laughs> and that's actually why i'm so afraid of heights right okay. <laughs> i basically i got myself stuck on this narrow uh narrow steep ledge right yep. uh right next to a nice drop off into raging water and canyon and uh I think I'm pretty lucky I didn't fall and <laughs> it, it scared me. I was, uh, I finally got out of it and I was, sh I was just shaking for probably like a good hour afterwards. Just wow. terrified. So yeah, I, I can't do heights anymore. Thanks to that. I did one stupid thing and I, I learned from it. <laughs> <laughs> what motivates you creatively and what, uh, what motivations have you got for your style of photography? I guess what what are the things that are, are really making you, uh, you know, put together the images that you do? Ooh, that's a big question. So I've I've always been a big uh, fantasy nerd. Okay. And when I yeah when I was a teenager and my in my early twenties, I I read so much fantasy and. I love the sense of exploration and wonder that those books gave me. And I think that's really kind of been an inspiration for my photography. Like I, I'm kind of trying to capture things that um, fill me with that sense. So yeah, when I'm out there, uh, I'm exploring and I see these beautiful things. Um, they kind of fill me with that same feeling as I got when reading those books. And that's what I really want to try to capture. And that's why, like I said earlier, like color is not the most important. It's it's atmosphere, you know, like golden hour or moody, yep. foggy forests and stuff like that. And I also oh, okay, struggling with this one. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. Just 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 say what you say what you feel man <laughs> <laughs> actually i think that one's good i the thing i was thinking of it doesn't work anyway so <laughs> okay fair enough what 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 about uh the I, I guess what 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 is the feeling that it gives you uh to be both out there but also when you come back you know to to in, in that creative process what are the things that you're feeling i guess when when you're in the field and what are what are you feeling when you're processing the images that you've captured 
Yeah, so when I'm out there, uh, I've talked about this a little bit before on, I think, a blog entry and the occasional Instagram posts, but um, I really like to look for solitude. And I, a lot of people kind of associate that with loneliness, but I don't think that's really the case. For me, solitude is kind of connecting with nature out there. Mm -hmm. and connecting with myself sure and that is i think really important for me yeah okay you, you you said you're trying to uh i guess create a feeling are you i mean obviously um you know that then starts to beg the question about the the, the processing versus the the, the capturing side of things are you you know are, are you putting much time into the post-processing and you know are you, you know, adding things or taking things away or are you just pretty much leaving the scene as you saw it uh or, or as you captured it in camera uh that one really depends on how good the light was mm -hmm. uh i find the better the light, the less editing I have to do. Sure. But I mean, sometimes there's exceptions. Sometimes I'll have amazing light and I actually kind of struggle to figure out what to do with it. And it, it takes yeah. a while and it takes some kind of working, the molding, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm definitely, I don't shy away from Photoshop. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, yeah, like I'll, I'll paint in a little bit of extra mist or actually paint in a bit of mist because for me i kind of treat the process as if i'm painting sure sure and it's creating art as opposed to just pure photography yeah exactly and for me like creating that sense of depth and atmosphere is really really important sure so how much time would you spend on sort of processing you know is on a per image basis you know would it be you know five ten fifteen minutes or you know hours and days and do i i guess the 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 processing um uh time aside when you're thinking about the images do you you know race home get them on the computer as quick as you can and get editing or do you tend to let things gestate and you've got a got a queue of stuff that uh, you, you're waiting to work on. I find my edits, uh, they don't take as long anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, back when I was newer in photography, like I could edit for hours and hours. But nowadays, mm -hmm. I find usually four shots, maybe like half an hour, half an hour to an hour. Mountain ones take a bit longer. Just because I find, I mean, I, I don't shoot the mountains quite as much. I shoot forests all the time. So it's just yep. quicker to, I, I, I have a pretty good idea of what exactly I want when I go in with the forest edit. With mountains, I find it takes a little bit of kind of playing around and experimenting. Sure. So when are you trying to, um, uh, you're trying to work through that process, um, you know, as I said, immediately after you get the images back, 
you know, or are you letting things take their time and do you ever come back to images later and just rework them completely? Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people that's constantly reworking <laughs> their older images. And I do find that I like to edit pretty quickly after a shoot. Mm -hmm. Not, not always, but, it, but usually, um, occasionally there'll be certain shots. Occasionally there'll be certain shots that I do leave and kind of just let them marinate. Yep. But, but for the most part, I like to edit quickly. I know I, I've got friends that have like huge backlogs or like they're just editing a shot from two years ago. I, I'm, I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So when when you're working a scene on in in the field, are you what what are the things that you're looking for? Uh, you know, you you mentioned the quality of light and so forth. Is that sort of your primary, uh, you know, thing that you start with, and then you start to work the comp from there, or do you start with compositional elements and then wait for the light? I definitely start with the light in most cases. I, I look for things that look good with the light that's on hand. I find that's the best way to not come away kind of disappointed. Like if you go in, if you go in somewhere expecting like epic fog and light rays, um, well, you're, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed a lot of the yeah. time. So I, I've really learned how to work with the light that I have. Um, like I've really come to love sunny days in the forest. Yep. And which, I mean, a lot of people, they see a sunny day and they're like, why would I shoot on that day? But I find in the forest, you can really still create a lot of depth and atmosphere. Like you, you look for something that's illuminated in the background and you find a foreground that's in the shadow and you can yep. kind of balance it out and stuff like that. Yeah. How do, you, how do you handle the contrast, though? Because, you know, some, some of those sunny days, you can get those really, really bright highlights and really, really dark shadows in the forests. You know, how, how are you handling those sorts of situations? Oh, yeah. Sometimes the dynamic range is uh, big. Yeah. <laughs> and if it is that uh, contrasty, I'll do uh, some bracketing yep. and then just blend them. Yeah, sure. Do you use any particular tools in, uh, in in your blending, or are you you know doing it all sort of manually in uh, in Photoshop? Uh, for forest images, I like to use luminosity masks for my blending, just because it's so precise and you can, yeah, you can basically just target any little spot and sure blend in the the right exposure. How, how did you learn your processing? Were you self-taught or you, did you go through formal learning? Uh, it's a bit of a mix. It's mostly self-taught, but I have bought tutorials from other photographers to kind of, okay, mostly for inspiration. Yep. I find it can be a really, really good way to get new ideas. And like Photoshop is such a big program. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there that knows everything about like Photoshop. So you can pick up a lot of interesting little tidbits just by watching other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's a few people out there that have got a, a pretty good handle on most of it, but there's, 
there's just uh, so many different ways to get the same result i find exactly, but, uh, exactly. yeah you know you, you can go and uh look up how do how do i kind of achieve what i'm trying to achieve and get five different tutorial videos on youtube <laughs> exactly tell you a slightly different way of doing it <laughs> yep yeah there's just an almost overwhelming amount of options and functions filters and all that stuff yeah yeah so who are the people that you've you know looked at in terms of inspiration and you know who, who are the aspirational photographers that you sort of go to when you're looking to extend yourself uh definitely number one is mark adamus mm -hmm. not necessarily just because of his photography but what he does to get those photos sure. like the exploration going to new places that people don't go to and things like that like that that has been just a huge inspiration for me that's it's a big part of why i decided to explore canada and kind of look off the beaten track and find new places right and then there's other photographers too like uh, ryan dyer ted gore my list probably sounds pretty uh pretty typical <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah everybody has their own sort of lists i guess yeah. yeah and then but my friends uh really inspire me as well like okay. matt jackish from blake randall yep arpan das um yeah yeah who, who do you go to for advice about photography a lot of times i'll send shots to matt jackish and kind of just bounce things off him or even in the discord that i run uh landscape photography worldwide uh, we've got an image critique section that, okay and occasionally i'll post something in there and yeah usually just ask friends whose opinions i know i trust mm -hmm. i find um if you're looking for a critique you don't want to just ask anybody you kind of want to ask someone maybe who you look up to or if there's if, like someone whose style is similar to you yep because ultimately there's there's so many things you can do with a shot and like you don't want to do something that's uh that just doesn't feel right if that's yeah, a, yeah. a good way to word it i'm not sure no that's fine tell tell us a bit more about the um the the that group yeah so it was just just over a year ago that I started that and I got a few other photographers together is me um Dipter Benjamin Mays yep and Morgan Tui and we kind of just we started this group cuz I mean you've heard everyone complains about Instagram and algorithms and oh. all that stuff <laughs> and so yeah we kind of we just wanted a place where you could kind of create a community and not have to worry about likes and engagement and all that stuff and just you know just talk with people and make friends and that's what happened and it's it's been really awesome to see because you get people in there who have very different views on photography like some are some people are more towards the purist side mm -hmm. others are not but everyone gets along and yeah like and it's awesome 
So how how did how did you I, I guess get started with that when and how did you decide where where to put it and because I mean there's there's a plethora of different ways that you could pull that together why why Discord and why you know yeah so I I like to play video games and Discord that's how it started its target yep. audience was was gamers so they could talk to each other while they're playing. Uh, playing online yeah. but it's discord really started to get picked up by just like communities uh, there's a lot of examples out there and i was actually inspired by a local group of photographers um, it's more oriented to like street photography and yeah. limited to vancouver but i saw that i'm like okay why don't i do that but for landscape photography and everyone and yeah so that's what i did and that apparently worked <laughs> cool cool so you talked a, a little bit about uh well you mentioned i should say uh instagram um how do you see social media now in terms of a, a platform and where do you see it going in the future? That's a tricky one. Uh, video has obviously become much more important and prevalent, which I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of wish Instagram would stick more to its roots instead of trying to compete with TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're on your own there. I think there's a lot Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm not definitely not alone with that opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It feels like algorithms kind of dominate everything, and I don't really see that going away. Unfortunately, yeah. like that's that's they milk money and with that, and that's how they get their eyeball time. So yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Like. I, I honestly have no idea where it's going to be in five years. It, Instagram might not even be a thing in five years. Who knows? Yeah. Or, or it'll just be um, more like TikTok than it is now. Exactly. But they did bring back the chronological feed. I did see that. Of. Yes. They, they, so, they listen a little bit. Yeah. The fact that you can at least choose it and then you don't get ads in it either. So that maybe there's a little bit of hope <laughs> you never know <laughs> yeah you never well, know so what what about uh other social media i mean you're um pretty active on twitter i've seen and uh you know uh, i'm not sure about uh your youtube channel i think it was uh i think it's about a month old the last post i don't know how frequently you, you you're into that um do you do facebook at all you know what 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 about the rest of uh social media yeah so I, i've got facebook and youtube but i don't really use them very much mm -hmm. i just uh it's more of a time constraint like i would love to do more video work but it just uh is way too time consuming maybe yeah. in the future but we'll see uh definitely active on twitter that's uh that's actually been pretty awesome. I've met a lot of new photographers through that. And 
and I'm not just there for NFTs either. Like I'm, I'm there to share my photos and make connections with people on there, which has been yeah a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, I think the photography community, I mean, it's the, I've seen, you know, some animosity between, uh, you know, some of the non NFT fraternity and the NFT fraternity. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I kind of don't care how people are selling their their, their images. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the quality of the work and what yep. you know, what what they're what they're showing. And to be honest, I, I fairly rarely read what's been the, the the text around the image. It's more around the image and how I react to that as to whether or not I'll comment on it or uh, or uh, you know put a like or a, a retweet on it. Yep. Yeah, I, I I'm the same way, honestly. Like I, I'm there to share my photos and see the photos of people that I follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, talk to me a little bit about NFTs and why, or when, and why, and how you got into them. Okay, when did I get into those? I'm, everything is such a blur. I'm kind of struggling to remember what month that was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's but, moved fairly quickly, I think. Yeah, it it definitely does. But I mean, I've been into cryptocurrencies for a long time, for a good, like, at least six years now. I've always had an interest and I've, I've done just random trading on and off and stuff like that. And when NFTs first kind of became big, I was a bit skeptical. I thought it was just going to be a fad. So I kind of, I just kind of decided to wait and see. Yep. And then I saw that it was, because that was back when there was basically only one guy buying photography NFTs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, that seems kind of weird. So I'm just kind of, kind of wait and see how it goes. And then it really started picking up steam. And I'm like, okay, this is, Mm. this is actually going to be a thing. So you know what? I've always been a fan of cryptocurrency. So I'm going to, I'm going to give a shot. And it's been a lot of fun. And definitely the extra cash has been appreciated. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Do you see it as a a balanced or an unbalanced market at the moment? Uh, What do you mean by balance? Well, I I guess supply and demand, you know. Right. When you're looking at the the economics of it, um, the, the supply, I think, at the moment, seems to be outstripping the demand um and i guess the 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 question in my mind around it is how long that is sustainable yeah i i totally agree there's uh the supply is just crazy and a, a lot more work is being put out than is being bought um hard to say what's gonna happen it is it kind of did slow down a bit right now mm-hmm. but then it does do it does that quite a bit it'll slow down and pick up and slow down and pick up again yeah and yeah. it's hard to say because cryptocurrency overall tends to go on these really big boom and bust cycles yep and the next bust cycle is coming <laughs> it's just yeah, a matter uh, of when so yeah i don't i'm not really sure what's gonna happen like people still might be 
buying NFTs when it's crashed, but maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. How, how do you of, go on? There's just a lot of uncertainty with that, I think. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you respond to people that might criticize uh, you or, you know, um, uh, NFTs in general um, based on the environmental impact? You know, for someone that's obviously quite caring about the environment and, you know, really interested in recording it, um, how, how do you respond to people that are, you know, sort of pointing the finger at uh, ETH, Ethereum in particular? I find it to be pretty frustrating <laughs> uh, because it seems like a lot of people have picked their side, they've picked their opinion and they don't want to move or budge yeah. or consider anything that other people are saying um I, I won't name any names sure sure i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not here to point point fingers myself yeah. but that has been quite frustrating because i mean with everything there's, there's pros and cons and i don't think it's just about the carbon output of nfts i mean i think the thing to consider is a person's overall carbon footprint yeah like like for me i don't travel internationally anymore yep. and i i literally i take the bus to my local hikes that i do all the time like the mo the majority of my portfolio i've done like i, I took the bus and went for a hike <laughs> we're very fortunate here in vancouver to have that yeah, yeah. so for me i i feel a bit less guilty about getting into them because i mean like it or not there is that carbon footprint yeah. i i think it is a bit overstated because no matter what i do or what other photographers do uh that blockchain is going and a new block is always being mined regardless of transactions like that's how the system works yeah so when i mint something it's not actually like it's not actually um outputting carbon if that makes any sense yeah it's not contributing it's, significantly yeah yeah so but i mean there's still an effect like if if you're part of this system and you're encouraging other people to join that that would have an effect like that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely a tricky one and very nuanced, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What thing do you enjoy most about being a photographer? Um, getting outside. <laughs> uh, that was actually, because uh, I used to be a huge gamer, like that's all, that's all I would do. I'd, yep. I'd just play video games in my spare time and uh, I didn't care about the outside. But then I... I kind of picked up a camera when I was going for those walks and that just really, I don't know, that just something changed there and I started going out more and more and just, uh, I don't know, I can't really imagine myself sitting in front of a screen playing video games all day anymore. It's, uh, it's not the same. I feel like, I feel like I'm wasting my time, but when I'm out there taking photos, it's, uh, that's kind of when, you know, you feel alive you feel like you're actually doing something. Yeah, I think the act of creating as well, you know, has a has a massive uh, positive impact on on mental health as well. Oh, it totally does. And even even back then, when I was in my in my gamer days, 
I really liked programming. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd build websites or games and stuff in my free time. And I don't think it was really art, but it was creative. And yeah. I think it's really important to always have some sort of creative outlet. It's just, it does wonders for mental health and, and in this case, physical health as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I guess, do you have a, uh, you know, a, a physical health regime that, other than getting out and hiking? Do you do any, you know, you're in the gym every second day or? No, it's definitely not me. <laughs> I've actually, I've been kind of slacking off since, uh, since the late fall, just uh, didn't have a ton of motivation. And uh, it, I've found it's actually been a lot harder since leaving the restaurant in industry. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was always on my feet, always burning calories. But now I spend so much time on the computer, you know, trying to build the business and work on the website and stuff like that. Like, uh, I have to remind myself that I need to be active. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Have you ever hit a creative wall and how did you handle that? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that's something every artist goes through. For me, one of the ways I kind of kind of got through that was just switching things up. Um, so I instead of going out to the forest, I go shoot the city. And I find, I don't know, I found that just really helped a lot. And I, I have the same approach to my city shots that I do to like my landscapes but I, I think it's just a different setting a different creative setting i guess yeah okay and i think it just like cleanses the palate <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean <laughs> what do you like to do when you're not out shooting uh, i still play video games a little bit i'm a big fan of halo if you've heard okay. of that <laughs> so you if uh, you watch the uh the movie yet oh the show or is it a sit now it's a series isn't it yeah so paramount picked it up and it's a tv show and i'm actually enjoying it okay. <laughs> it's it's definitely it seems like a love or hate kind of thing yeah some, it's a rarity I've, I've found that most of the tv shows or um or uh movies that have been made from video games tend to not be very good yeah, that is a very big trend for some reason. I don't, I'm not really sure why that's the case, but yeah. Um, as far as video game adaptations go, I'd say this is quite good. Mm. Uh, so, okay, sorry, it just got off, my mind got off track there. It's all right, we were talking about uh, what you like to do when you're not out shooting. Yeah, so the occasional video game still. I I don't think I'll ever fully shake that. <laughs> and uh, binge watching TV shows. Okay. I still read some fantasy occasionally. I've been a bit. I've been kind of slacking. Not gonna lie, but I still love it. Okay. So are there any other photographers out there you think I should be talking to on the podcast? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Matt Jackish would be a good one. I know he's, he's done a few podcasts already. Sure. Uh, let's see here. 
Arpan Das would be another good guy to do. Yep. Uh, who else? There's so many names and my brain is overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, there's a, I, I, I've got a long list, so you know, one or two to add to it, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> so I've got one more um, question and it's for, for some the most important one uh, that I can ask because it, it's an issue that I think uh, you know divides and also brings people together. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Ooh, oh, yes, yes. This is people get pretty heated over this question. Absolutely, it's an important <laughs> it's an important issue. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually I'm okay with pineapple on pizza. Uh, what I don't like is the Hawaiian or ham and pineapple. Like, I hate okay. that pizza. No, I think that's like the worst use of pineapple ever. If you're putting something sweet like pineapple on a pizza, uh -huh. and it's best paired with something something spicy like uh like a spicy chicken kind of pizza with okay. jalapenos and pineapple and wow, that's the, garlic yeah. white sauce <laughs> you're getting exotic there <laughs> <laughs> a little bit <laughs> but yeah I, I think it works if it's done right yeah fair enough <laughs> <laughs> how about you I, I'm I'm kind of neutral. If it's on a pizza that's there, I'll I'll eat it. And I I yeah. don't mind a, a ham and pineapple. The the old Hawaiian's okay. Um, I don't go out of my way to order it. And uh, I certainly I'll, I'll I'll certainly think about uh, putting it into the next one that I get where I've I've got a bit of spice on the pizza. I think that's that's probably not a bad call. Oh yeah, yeah. It goes real well with jalapenos and stuff like that. All right. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you, uh, Tristan. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, finding out a little bit more about you and what you do. So where can people find your work and uh, how can people join your Discord group? So you can find my work at my website, which is tristantodd.photography, or my Instagram, which is tristan.todd. And if you're interested in joining the Discord, uh, there's a link on my website in the footer. Fantastic. Thanks again, Matt. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne and hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.